Hey everyone, and welcome to the Inside Out Group Podcast, where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. So, it has been a while since we have podcast, Michael. It, it has been, like, this is my fault? No, 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 no. <laughs> Did not mean for it to come across as if it was your fault. No, 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 no It's no. for everyone that, obviously, none of you guys can see this. It was the look that he gave me. It's like, <laughs> it's been a long time since we podcast. Glaring eyes from Hades, Michael. Wow. So it has been a long time. Why don't we talk about uh, what's been going on? Because it's been at least six months. Uh, It was a much needed break for us. but It was. So you had a kid. Yeah, that was a year and a half ago. I know it was a year and a half ago, but you guys were doing all All right, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it was just you started traveling. I started traveling a lot more. There was a lot of traveling. That is true. There was a lot of traveling. There's a lot of traveling. There's a lot of... Uh, Which we both had status this year. So we did. We both hit, yep, high yep. status. Hashtag Delta rules. Um, yeah, a lot of traveling. There was conference that we had. Mm-hmm. And right after conference, we were like, oh, things are going to slow down. They did not slow down. Nope. Uh, then there was some, some working with some other churches uh, that we ended up doing, which involved more traveling and some con- consulting that took place. Yep. Uh, lots of lots of stuff, and then for you, it's it's been a pretty busy Christmas season for you. Oh, it's been busy in general. So the traveling, I got promoted twice this year. Twice, right? So now I'm manager. Because you're a boss, like a boss. Um, and uh, yep, bought a house. Christmas Revo. It has been. Yeah, you bought a house, dude. Time. I know. You bought a house. Yeah. Woo! We're boom, actually boom. sitting in. The new Inside Out Group headquarters, aka Nathan's office in his new house, right? Um, chatting, which is kind of dope. It I is like it. so new. This desk is twenty minutes old. I know. Literally, <laughs> literally, you finished putting it together right as I showed up, which yeah. is crazy. And so uh, it's kind of cool, but um, yeah. So one of the things I know we were talking about doing is because life does get busy, and we also understand some of our listeners have busy lives, and you ha- probably have a lot of other content that you want to listen to as well, um, is we are actually going to dial back the amount of episodes that we do uh, per month. So we used to do one per week, and we're looking at around uh, probably releasing two on Tuesdays, uh, two podcasts each month. That way, we don't get overwhelmed, you guys don't get overwhelmed, and it'll give us an opportunity to really put a lot more thought into the content. Yep. Uh, But we're also going to change the format some, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be more of a, a dialogue, I would say, right? I mean, a lot of time was interview questions, which yeah. we'll still have a lot of questions, but it'll kind of be both of us diving into it going forward. Um, I know we'll probably talk a lot more in 2020 about where City Church is going um, yeah. because we have a lot of goals and stuff set for, for next year. Um, we had a planning meeting not too long ago, um, which I'm sure we'll keep mentioning throughout the year because it was. I feel like this year was a pretty good planning I thought it was great. We ended the year well. I'll say that. Like the yeah. last three months, we kind of get everything into into gear. Yeah. Our our church went through massive, I mean, massive transitions in multiple areas. Like from, to Microsoft Teams? So we <laughs> we did switch from Basecamp. For anyone that, that uses an in, in internal communication thing, we, we switched from Basecamp to Microsoft Teams. There's also Slack out there. 
Um, Which is trash. Trash. Slack is trash. To all of our Slack listeners, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I've never actually used Slack. I know that's what Travis uses. I have a Slack um, at our company, and it's uh, between 2,500 people, and it sucks. Um, I could imagine. 2,500 people is too many people. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah, so we had we had a lot of internal transitions as well as some external transitions, which mm-hmm. we're going to get into definitely this year and have some conversations about that. Uh, that's why we call it the Inside Out group because we're going to talk about Badoomch, yep. both the inside of our organization as well as the outside is what people see. Uh, and we, we uh, I mean, yeah, there was a lot. We had people move. Um, we had some very high caliber leaders move, mm-hmm. which was hard to see them go. Uh, but what's cool about that is uh, the person who handles our finances, she ended up moving, but she's still on staff because of technology, yep. remote work, yep. uh, knocking it out of the park for us. And uh, we moved to venues. Uh, just There's just a lot of stuff. And then conference, man. Conference was like... Go, go, go for four days straight. Yeah, but it was good. It was. It was really good. If you missed conference this year, shame on you. Yeah. I think respectfully I, I think i slept 20 hours the whole week yeah it was so much fun though it was by the end of it i don't I, I think we didn't talk to each other for like a week or two i remember uh yeah we did because i think we just spent way too much time together yeah but it was i remember starting i took days off from work i remember starting wednesday even though the conference started on thursday starting to set stuff up picking people up from the airport yeah doing stuff afterwards like recaps and all that stuff for the next day and I remember um, ending conference being like, oh, Sunday's going to be so hard because it's just we were go, go, go. And then we went to church and it was great. Noah preached, which was awesome. Yeah. And then I didn't think I had any energy, but then we got uh, lunch afterwards, which I was surprised after tearing down. Yeah. And after uh, a podcast recording. After, yeah. So that podcast will be aired tear down. at a later date. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Podcast tear down, all that stuff. And um and then I, I just remember after that lunch, it was like the hardest crash of all times for all of us at once. We were all just like done. Yeah, it was like, all right, I think we're going to. Yeah, all right. Good. All right. Yep. Bye. We all bye. went home and then didn't talk to like Tuesday. Like, yeah, just it was it was amazing. not even a check in. We were all yeah. asleep. We took the next day off for our staff. Unfortunately, you had to work. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you really didn't get a break. But yeah, man, it was good. Uh, something else that you can look forward to in 2020. A few things you can look forward to in 2020 is we're going to have some really high-caliber leaders on this podcast, Mm -hmm. Uh, pastors, uh, people who understand marketplace ministry and uh, as well as church ministry world. And so you're going to you're going to hear from some incredible people, yep. uh, as well as some other organizations that we've worked with in the past uh, and some international people as well. Yeah. And so we actually already have kind of a podcast vault that's saved up and we'll be releasing those podcasts. Yeah. Throughout the year. Throughout the year, just yep. periodically. So it's going to be good. I'm really, really looking forward to it. But going into today, what are we talking about, Mr. Nathan? Uh, so keeping on the 2020 thing, we might as well talk about trends. 2020 vision, 2020 vision, vision 2020. Oh, man. I know. That is someone's sermon series right there. Oh, it is someone. Some, someone listening to this is probably doing that sermon series. If not, you just changed your whole schedule. It is now Vision 2020. So, <laughs> we're not doing that sermon series, by the way. No, no. Um, but that is a good one, actually. There's so many things you can do with 2020 design-wise. That's just I, I alone know. makes it a good year. I know the Roaring 20s. 
It's symmetrical, 2020. So. Oh yeah. All the yeah. design. Yeah, yeah. Eyesight, eyeglasses. Yep. I don't know. Puns, puns galore. Puns. Yeah. Well, happy new year, everybody. All right. Anyway. All right. Trends that we might see coming into. You say the 20s, but I'm going to say 2020. The 20s makes me think of 1920s. Today. I know, man. That was 100 years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. That, that is literally insane. Yeah. Hitler was coming to power in the 20s. There's your history lesson for the day. Yeah. 100 years ago, that's all it was. Crazy. Yeah. All yeah. Right. So these are some trends. There is, uh, whenever I say this stuff, I think we're going to have a kind of a, just a conversation around these. Uh, but this is some stuff that we've been noticing as we've been working with churches, as we've been uh, talking to other pastors, mm-hmm. um, even some of the pastors at our conference, whenever we sat down and had conversation with. And these, this is something that we're seeing in both large churches, mid-sized churches, and small churches, yep. um, as well as we're seeing kind of this this trend start to take place. And so we're going to go over five of them today, five trends that we see happening in 2020. Just start with the first one then. Let's just right. hit the ground running with five. All right, here we go. Number one, trend number one is um, we believe that we are going to see multi-site church will start to make a shift away from multi-site and more towards church planting. And this is something that we're actually already seeing taking place. There's a few mega churches I'm going to list off them. So just real quick, I mean, yeah. it's very obvious to a pastor, hopefully, or whoever else, what the difference between a multi-site and a church plan is. I mean, both are planting a church, but you want to like organizationally talk about the difference between a multi-site and a church plant? Yeah, absolutely. So multi-site is essentially taking your church, your DNA, your systems, your uh, everything, putting it into a box, hypothetically speaking, putting it in a different city and then opening up church. For instance, City Church, City Church Albany, City Church Rensselaer. Yep. Um, you have, uh, and there, and with that, there's actually a few different models of multi-site as well. You have the, the video model, you have the lead pastor model, where each campus has their own lead pastor or campus pastor, and they are uh, the, the main communicator yep. is in a local setting. Uh, but then with the church planning, it really is raising up leaders or raising up pastors in your church to send them out to go plant a church in an unreached area or a low-reached area, mm-hmm. uh, which we're, we're starting to see that, see that more and more. Yep. And, and so um, there is a need, huge need for church planning. Yeah, good. So you think that um, going forward, the trend and what City Church will be doing is rather than doing multi-sites like we've done in the past, we are going to be more focused on, on church planning. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of twofold. And okay. So yep. one of the things, I'll kind of take our approach towards it, and I'll get into this with point number five even more. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things we see ourselves doing is um, using a very practical analogy of foster and adoption. Uh, our church is literally engaging into the foster care program, working with the county right now, uh, working with different agencies to have people in our church become foster parents. But foster parents, uh, sometimes they help a child out until they're able to go back to the home, uh, or sometimes they will foster a child to the point of adoption, and then mm-hmm. that, that child becomes a part of the family that adopts them. And we've seen that take place in our church. We sure. have multiple yep. families who are engaged into uh, the foster care system and, and adoption and stuff. In a church world, we are seeing, specifically here at City Church, and we can talk, again, we'll talk more about this on point number five. Uh, but we're seeing a need for churches to be fostered back to health 
Mm -hmm. uh, where a, a outside church or outside company and outside organization steps in for a six month period and kind of revamps the church and helps foster them back to health. And then we see other churches that really are kind of at the end of their life cycle and they just want to be taken over and yep. that we would consider an adoption process. Yep. Um, and in both of those, there's, we don't have time to get into all the details of that, but this episode. I do yeah. see that being for City Church more of a trend moving forward in the future. So I believe we will still have multi-site, multi-campus church uh, moving forward, but it's going to look a little bit different than a video venue, which we've done in the past. Right. Um, They're not going to be identical you know, from it, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Exactly. Gonna, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. And so and I think it's going to be a lot of churches that are struggling that are going to be reaching out to maybe more established churches or larger churches or even churches within their network or their denomination to do a takeover. This is actually one of the things Hillsong does uh, is whenever they go like their uh, their Sweden location, they planted their Sweden church. It ended up exploding. And since then, they've taken over three or four other churches mm -hmm. who basically the pastor's like, hey, I have 100 people here and I've got this massive building, but we're not growing. You guys are why don't you use it for the kingdom of God? And then Hillsong steps in and it becomes another campus with their own pastor, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so we are seeing this. Another thing, jumping back though, towards the multi-site church and a shift towards church planting, um, let's take the village church led by Matt Chandler. Uh, Matt Chandler had six campuses and uh, maybe two years ago, he rolled out his idea to make all of his campuses completely autonomous churches yep. and to put more emphasis on church planning. And so they now have an internal residency program through Acts 29 and, and they're not starting new locations. They're starting new brand new churches with their own pastor, their own board, completely autonomous, but still network together. JD Greer at the summit church, his vision is crazy. I believe it's by 2050 their church wants to plant a thousand churches wow. that reproduce themselves. Yeah, that's crazy. And they're like, they're like ten years into this right now, and they're already at number three hundred or something. So wow. it's it's crazy. Wow. Um, and so I think as time continues to move forward in the twenties, we're going to see a heavier emphasis on uh, churches who reproduce themselves, not mm -hmm. to another campus, but churches who reproduce themselves to another church plant with the goal or the intent of that church plant reproducing itself. And so essentially what it is that you want is you want to have, uh, if you want to talk parental rights, you have a, uh, a father or a mother, right? And they end up having a kid, which is a church plant. And then that church plant ends up having another kid. Yep. And so the sending church ends up becoming the grandparents to the, you know, two, three generations down. And it kind of is a ripple effect that, that ends up taking place. And this is something that you see, in large churches, but you also don't have to be large to be able to help plant a church. Maybe you can't send them out with tens of thousands of dollars and you don't have all the resources and that's okay, but you can still do something. You can still raise up leaders. You can yep. still disciple them. Yep. You can still get them connected uh, and send them out. And I know that my heart for City Church moving forward is that we would be a church that reproduces itself through church planning, yep. as well as adoption and fostering other churches, et cetera, yep, yep, et cetera. Yep. I don't know what are what are your what are your thoughts with it? Because uh, you've been a part of a few church plants now, and um, yeah, why don't you talk about I it? Think where do, I, what do you see? I, I mean, I, I definitely see the same thing where where church plants is is the way it's going, and I think the benefit is just being a part of a multi site. The church plant is 
I feel like a church plant has a better opportunity or a better chance of reaching a different community um, because of the autonomy, right? They're not right, set right. to do things a certain way. They can fit the demographic better. They can fit what the people actually need better while still preaching the gospel, right? For City Church, that would be the big thing, right? A church plant would have to preach the gospel. Absolutely. But how you preach the gospel would totally be up to that church. And I think that's the huge benefit of it is, is everyone wants the church differently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, with that being said, there there needs to be a strong vetting process. Which, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. are. We're not. That everyone's going to pull snakes out of a bucket. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. Exactly. You know. Uh, then this is something that we're working through right now as a church because we do see this being something going into the twenties that we're going to be heavily focused on. Uh, but what's the vetting process look yep. like? What are the commitments? Yep. What's the commitment from the sending church? What's the commitment to the church that's being sent? Yep. Um, what are the waypoints or the KPIs, the key performance indicators that they have to get? And so that's stuff that we're all talking through. We don't have an answer to right now, but it is a trend that we definitely see headed that direction. And, and again, I think that we're going to see more and more churches that are established planting more churches. Yeah. And I think that I, I don't think I know that we need that. Yeah. I know that we need that now. Yep. No, totally agree. So, trend number two. Trend we'll, number two. Do we'll you want to say this one? one? Well, the digital age is here to stay, and it needs to be embraced. I'm yes, that. it does. Yeah. Look, social media, the internet, Instagram, TikTok, whatever else they like. Everything is instant. Everything is online. Everything should be. On Google, Abs- to be honest. Absolutely. And look, it's not going away. And so I, I think that I think that the church is starting to wake up to this, but the church is always, as a whole, has been slow to jump on the bandwagon right. with something. Right. Um, and we need to be more intentional and more engaged in the social media platform than we currently are, to yep. be honest with you. Yep. Um, so right now you have more people who have access to sermons, talks, worship than ever before. Uh, I'm going to say this. Don't put your worship out there on the Internet, <laughs> right? Don't put it out there on the Internet unless you're good yeah, yeah. and unless the quality is good. Like, and I mean, even with live stream, if you want to do live stream, that's fine. But don't live stream if it's going to be if it's going to be bad. Right. I mean, every every you got to think of, too, if like. You're not doing the whole community any good if you're just streaming for the sake of streaming, right? I mean, any 13-year-old with a camera nowadays can stream, yeah. and they're probably going to be better than you unless you put some work into it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, But that being said, like, sermons, get them out there. Yeah. Uh, there's podcasts, there's YouTube, there's Facebook, there's Instagram. And yep. so we use all of those platforms. And, you know, for Instagram, we'll take a two- or three-minute sermon clip, and we'll make an IGTV video. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it gives you the whole swipe-up feature and and so people go and they click on it and they watch it. And sometimes they leave comments and stuff. Uh, YouTube, um, you know, YouTube is something that as a church we're new to. We're just now kind of building our subscriber base. And so if you go to our YouTube channel, you'll see that it's new. Yep. Uh, but our goal is for 2020 to really be able to push that. And then here's another thing is like there's 168 hours in the week, mm-hmm. 167-ish or 166-ish of those hours, people are not going to be in your building. Yeah. And so how are we going to help disciple them? How are we going to help reach them unless we use a free platform that people have given us to be able to promote the gospel? Yeah, right. Yeah. 
So what, I don't know. What do you think are some of the what are what are some things that you see? Because you're very tech savvy, even more so than I am. And as I get older, I feel more and more stupid with technology. Just being honest with you. Yeah, I mean the the I mean I'm when it comes to the social media side, I'm not the best at it because but there's two sides of it that you got to think of. So um, you know me, I don't post much. I don't do a lot of things. I, don't, I know we got to work on that. But here's but here's the two concepts of it. So looking at the video gaming world, right, which everything's live streamed, everything's recorded. It's now its own official sport, right? You take something oh, that yeah. no one would have considered. I mean, think back, you know, in the 80s or 90s or whatever it was when you had Pong. Right. Like Atari Pong. And everyone's like, oh, this is the coolest. This is the coolest thing. Like, it's just something to do to, like, waste time, all that stuff. And now people are literally getting paid millions of dollars to play it as an actual professional sport. Sienna, who's not Sienna College, not far from us, which is I don't know if they're Ivy League, but they're right under Ivy League. And it's very expensive to go there. They literally give out full blown scholarships for gaming now. Yeah. Gaming esports. You can I think the, the most expensive contract out there is 10 million dollars a year. To be an esport gamer, a gamer, yeah, one a gamer, yep, yep. So I mean, we're in the wrong industry. And the way that they call themselves, right? They don't technically they call themselves gamers. They know they're in the sport, but what a lot of people call themselves when they're on Instagram all the time, Twitter all the time, streaming these games, posting the YouTube, they're content creators, yeah. right? And that's what so the, can you, that's what the church needs can, to. So can you elaborate then on the content creators? Because I I think that that's good. Because you were about to, yeah, go ahead, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, I'm not a content creator, right? I mean, we'll talk about some other day if you want me to be one. Well, you know, that's a different conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I'm on, I'm on Twitter and Instagram all the time, like all the time, but I feed into what other people have already created, right? I desire to follow more people to do more things because I want new content, right? And that's what you're talking about, right? Today's digital world. People want more content, right? The church needs to, um, not just be something that you know consumes what the world is doing on social media to put forth a good message or put forth a good series based off what's going on in the world. The church needs to become one of the best content creators out there. All right, so what is a content creator? Content creator is literally someone that just creates content. So they have hours of YouTube, hours of live streaming. Um, they're original with their ideas, right? They are someone who is literally posting I don't want to say for the likes, but they're posting to literally take over the industry. Yeah, right? to engage people. Right, to, I mean, exactly. It is, it, That's it, a good word to use right. it. Yeah. Maybe not for the likes, but you want you want the followers. You want to be able mm-hmm. to reach more people. Exactly. You want to see how far your reach can go. Yeah. Right? And that's all about what being a content creator is. Yeah. And this is one of those things that as a pastor, I've really been wrestling with because it's like, how do I manage my time to be able to create content? How do mm-hmm. I manage my time to be able to post videos? And look, it does, it does take time. Yes. Um, and thankfully we have a, we have a pretty good team. Like I don't, I don't edit any videos, thank yep. God. And so um, shout out to Marissa for that. But but like I can take what she edited and I could take the best two minutes of my sermon mm-hmm. and I can cut that and post it on Instagram and as long as I don't have any issues with AirDrop, because <clears throat> I use Mac products and yeah, sometimes yeah. I do, I can usually do it in about 10 to 15 minutes. And if I do it once every other week, it's more content. Right. Um, and, and people, they, they glean towards that. They absolutely. But, but here's something. If you're, not, if you're not continuous with your content, with what right. you're posting, right. you're going to see your influence and your reach is actually going to be decrease. So it can't be something that you just... Uh, post really heavy about for a month and then you just stop. Right. Um, it's something that you do have to be consistent on. And uh, you got to you got to be consistent. 
you got to be professional with what you do, right? You can't just put, as you said, um, don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Really put forth effort to make it nice. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, a lot of the stuff that content creators do, yes, they're awesome at, I'm just using gamers because it's the most oh, up, up and coming one right now. Yes, gamers are good at what they do. Their quality is good because they're streaming all day long. Like th- they literally will stream for seven hours a day. So you have to have good content yeah. at that point. Um, but the other thing that they do is half the time, half their content is just relatable, personable, right? I mean, the content's great and that's what draws people in. So a good worship or good whatever, a good message is what drives it in. But you also, on the same channel that you post your messages on, you have to also be personal about, hey, here's what here's what our staff is doing. Here's what I'm yeah. doing. Here's, you know what I mean? Really make it relatable to the people that are there. Yeah, and, and, and here's something I, I do want to say is like whatever digital platform you're on, um, don't use it. I'm, I'll say it. Don't yeah. use it to promote your events. Like, yeah. yes, you do need to promote your events on it, and we use it to promote events. But that is not the only thing that we, we do. And that's it. the mindset. It's not the only thing yeah. that it's out there for. Definitely promote yourself. Like let people know that you're 10 o'clock on a Sunday, right? Remind right. them the day before. Yeah. But don't have social media just for those posts. Just, yeah. People don't care about that. Like, right. uh, But if you engage them and then you promote an event or yep. you push an announcement or something along those lines, then they're going to be, there's a tendency to be more engaged into it. Yep. Now, and I'm not talking like uh, an emergency announcement. For instance, if we have to close church because of a snowstorm, which has happened right. multiple times. Welcome to New York. Yep. Uh, yeah. And it could happen next week. We don't know. Yep. Uh, we'll use it to, to get the word out there and stuff. But we've, we've really, I, I think one of the big things, and Donald Miller talks about this a lot, is like be a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Like people are going to buy into your brand not based upon um, the announcements that you have. They're going to buy into your brand based upon the emotional connection, and yep. the personal connection that you can make with your target customer or your dream customer, who it is that you're trying to reach, your primary audience, yep. and you captivate them and being able to pull that into. And look, I'll be the first to tell you, it's not easy and it takes work, uh, but don't be afraid to try and fail. Yeah. Um, try something for a month. If it doesn't work, shift it. Yeah. Um, ask questions. Don't, don't use social media to just post stuff like ask engaging questions. Like for instance, we just got done with Christmas. What's your favorite Christmas carol? 63 comments later. Right. Like people are engaging in that. Right. Uh, and then here's something else I'll say before we move on to, Mm -hmm. um, what I'm most excited about, uh, is number three. Uh, the, the other thing that, that I would say with all of that is like Instagram's not going to be here forever. Yep. Right now, TikTok is on the rise. Yep. Jump on the next social media platform. Don't wait until it's too late. Jump on now uh, and get involved, get engaged, yep. do something with it. Twitter was huge 10 years ago. Twitter's dying out, folks. I'm yeah, sorry. It's dying out, and I love Twitter. Yeah. Um, Facebook is dead. dead. To millennials and Gen Zers, we still use Facebook though. Instagram's huge right now. Give it two or three years. Instagram's not going to be that big. Something else is. Don't be afraid to change and to go uh, with the culture and to use the free resources that culture's given us. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, trend number three. I know it's your favorite. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, this is something I'm really pumped up about. I know why, but you can keep going. Yeah, uh, I want to hear your reason why. It's because you talk so much. You can't have a short message. Anyways. There's no... Yes. Anyways. All right. So, look, I am a lot less than other people. I just want to... You're a lot less, but I've never seen you on time. Anyways. um, (laughs) 
there's some this is a good dialogue right now it is so whenever i speak (laughs) at conferences we haven't even told them what number three is whenever i speak at conferences and i have that little timer i literally make sure if i'm given 30 minutes i finish yeah, 30 yeah, yeah. minutes on the dot. Like I don't even if I'm not done. All right, we're gonna pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. Thanks. At his home church, though. Yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes over. All right. So churches, trend number three. Go ahead. Churches are moving away from the typical 60 to 80 minute service format to a longer, more engaging experience that I would venture out to say is event driven. Yeah, I would say that too. And yep. and here's what I mean by that. Um People, because of the digital age that we live in, can get the best worship music from iTunes or Spotify. Android, Spotify. People can get the best messages from podcast. Why do they want to go to your church? Yep. For community and for an experience. And I'm not talking about. Um, I'm not talking about a consumeristic type thing. We are seeing a trend, and I'm about to list a few of them. And Nathan, you were you were mm-hmm. there for some of it. We're seeing a trend that is happening in larger churches that are engaging millennials and Gen Zers. That they are moving away from your cookie cutter 75 minute service yep. to something that is two hours, two and a half, even three hours long, and is more of an event and more packed uh, with stuff taking place. But yet at the same time, is simple. Yeah, and and by like, I mean, packed with content, packed with worship, but very simple in the production field, simple in videography. Obviously, there's there's stuff that is still used, right, right. but but not uh, two songs, sermon video clip, uh, announcement video, uh, MC comes up, uh, sermon bumper. Or, you know, it's being less and less program-driven and more and more experience-driven yeah. by that. Um, and so that is why... <laughs> that's why so sometimes my sermons go a little long yeah no and i think it's fair and this is i think a good trend i'll say that uh i'm excited i'm so excited about this trend yeah i think I, i'm too and we talked about it um a month or so ago maybe a little longer we talked about it and then what's even what's even better is that um i had a friend who came to the sunday before christmas event and actually we were talking uh he was here for thanksgiving so we were you know we went out and talked while he was here and he said that he didn't know what church was like until he went with his dad one time and all he could talk about was the fact that it was an experience it was an event he's like i can't even go to three-hour concerts that are as nice as this church yeah you know what i mean so that is kind of what drew him in which i thought was interesting and kind of proved this point right the reason they're brought in is not because it's 60 minutes and you're done the production value is still good Right, but if you're gonna go there, you have to make it worth their while. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, this this starts at a the guest experience, yep. the assimilation, your kids' experience, uh, the content of your message, the yep. quality of your worship, all that all that stuff matters. Uh, I, I almost hate to say it, you have to be even better at quote unquote doing church, um, and and being more more minute and more focused on stuff than it used to be, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's more of a relaxed atmosphere and more engaging. Uh, people want an engaging experience. Mm-hmm. They, they want to feel the emotion. They yeah. want worship to last longer than two songs or yep. 15 minutes. Yep. Uh, people are longing for worship. And, and you might be sitting here saying, well, what about non-believers? What about non-church people? I'm telling you, man, like th- this is, they this is what now. we're seeing. Yeah. Here's, here's a few churches. We just went to... Um, probably one of, if not the largest church on the East Coast, uh, down in Manhattan. Why yeah. don't you talk about that? Because 
I went there two years ago and it was totally different this time than it mm-hmm. was two years ago. I'll say that it was, uh, I didn't even realize how long it was. It was that engaging. Yeah. So where'd we go? We went to Hillsong. Hillsong NYC. NYC. They were in, in the Bronx that time. Shout out to Todd Cruz. Yep. Right? They were in Brooklyn? Uh, they were, uh, they've been all over. When we were there, though, they moved over to the, yeah, the Brooklyn for, Theater. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't remember where it was, but yeah. Yep. So, but it was great. I mean, worship was long. MCs were on point. MCs, and this is the other thing that I noticed, too. Um, between the MCs and between, I forget his name, the not the campus pastor, but the lead pastor. Uh, Carl. Thank you. Unbelievable. Yeah. You're not even a Christian. I know. I'm sorry. Um, but what I thought was great talking about an experience and making it more about more about the experience than just going up and doing it for the program. Right. Do you remember the whole dialogue that he had with his worship leader at the end? It oh, was like 10 minutes long. It was incredible. But everyone was so engaged in that conversation, right? That's how you lengthen something out and make it about the experience rather than the program. Right yeah. there was a perfect example. Something so subtle, something no one's going to realize or talk about. But if you're trying to make something not a program and experience that is what you do yeah they engaged with the audience they engaged with the people on stage it was right. talk back you got it to see into humorous. their life yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was humorous and and it was so stinking chill yeah just so chill now how long was was this service i don't even know but it was okay. longer than what i it was it was about two and a half hours yeah uh and the only reason they shut it down is because they had to they were like, we right. signed the lease and we have to be out by this time with teardown and stuff. So, yep. um, but it was two and a half hours. Like worship alone, the beginning set of worship was almost an hour long. Yeah. And you might say, well, this is Hillsong. Like, no, no, no. This is Hillsong's every week church. Yeah. Like, uh, and this was not a conference or event. Yeah. We were at. Yeah. Yep. This was no special thing. This this was just church. Yep. For them, uh, another church that we are seeing, which has blown up over the past two years, is Transformation Church, led by Michael Todd. People think I preach long. Dude, I listened to one of his messages that was over an hour and a half long. His sermon was an hour and a half long. Okay, right. you might be saying that's a little too long. But brother's got some soul. Yeah, I mean, if can, you can engage, yeah, then why not? I can't engage the way that he can. Home home dude, he's got he's got his act together and he's funny and he's yep. engaging and and people love it. Uh, but his church services are two and a half, three hours long. Every single week. Yep. Every and again, it's an event for people to go to. It's a destination. People are traveling. Yeah. Another one that we see this with, and everyone's going to know this name, but it's Bethel. Yep. Um, and and we know some friends at Bethel, and they're mm-hmm. they're every week their service lasts about two and a half to three hours long. Yep. And they'll have twelve to fifteen hundred people in in a service, you know. Um. And that that is just normal for yep. them. And so what we're seeing a trend towards, and we've even I've even noticed it in our church, if we go over our quote unquote ninety minutes, mm-hmm. uh, people don't get upset the way they used to they don't. three years ago, four right. years ago. Right. Uh, and and if worship is extended a little bit, people even even non believers, they, they're like because they're getting something out of it, it's engaging. Whether the it's music, worth it. it's, exactly, yeah. whether the music's yep. engaging or whatever, people are people. It's yeah, it's something that I'm seeing. So I'm really interested to see what takes place in the next, say, three years sure. with this. Because I mean, in the late '70s, early '80s, church used to be three, four hours long for norm, especially in more of a yeah. charismatic church. 
And then we went to the 60-minute programmed out service to be able to reach the non-believer, seeker-sensitive movement. And now we're seeing the pendulum swing back to the other side. I think we'll fall somewhere in the middle around two, two and a half hours. Yep. Um, but yeah, and I like it. Do you like it? I do like it. I do like it. Going to Hillsong was definitely a good trial to see what it was like. And it definitely, I mean, it didn't feel like two and a half hours engaging the whole time. Definitely yeah. can be done right. Yeah, it ha- and I would say that it has to be done right. It has to right. be done with quality. Right. So... That's something we'll be keeping an eye on. Right. Trend number four. I'll let you take this one. Kick it off. A deeper desire or desire for deeper community more than ever. And we kind of even hit on this on the last one of why yeah. people go to churches for the experience and for the community. Right. I mean, I was actually following a um, a message thread on Twitter. I know it's dying, but a message thread on Twitter this week. Um, I was on Twitter today. Um, I love Twitter. I do, too. I do, too. So this thread, though, being in the industry I am, right, um, software engineer, a lot of people work remote, especially nowadays for Microsoft and everyone else is you just work from your house. No one no one cares who you are. It's the digital age we talked about. Right. Yeah. Um, it was an entire thread about people that work from home. Let's say they're not married or um, they are, but still, it's just your spouse. How do you stay socially active if you don't have a workplace to go to? Think about that. If you don't have a workplace of 30 people, 100 people, whatever, that you're just having conversations with and your conversations with everyone is behind a screen, how do you stay engaging with someone, right? Church should be that avenue. That is the way that everything is going. Um, Bringing him back, the buddy that came for the Sunday before Christmas, he works remote. He does not go into an office. Um, And stuff like this is what would keep him engaged, would keep him involved in community, right? Um, Millennials, everything else, wants to work from home, wants to do your own thing um everyone's tied up in technology which is not a bad thing but everyone right. at the end of the day does desire that community right yeah. why can't the church be that avenue for that community that they desire yeah i absolutely agree with you and and we we live in a society now that is uh leaning more and more and more towards loneliness and depression yep. and anxiety uh and people are longing for community uh, and then when they get put in community, there's almost this awkwardness that they experience because they're not used to relating to one another. Yep. But if you talk to people, most people that stick with our church whenever they come, like they'll say, oh, the preaching's good or the worship's good or uh, parking sucks all the time. Yeah. We know that. Albany. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, excuse me. But one of the things that, I, that that you hear is once they get engaged, they don't stick around necessarily because of the worship or because of the preaching. They stick around because they got engaged in community. And this doesn't include, this isn't just small groups. This is also serving. Yeah. We've seen so many people build meaningful relationships with the people that they serve with. Yeah. Um, I even think about whenever we set up, um, it's the same six to ten people just depending on the night. And there's kind of this, this unspoken bond that is kind of developed whenever we set up where like we joke around everyone knows what to do yep uh we laugh about it uh depending on who's there we have certain traditions that sometimes we do um and and i've gotten to know people because of that i don't know about you yeah i mean i have but i get where you're going you with also it. hate set up and tear down don't i you? do but so do i I mean, it's not bad. Here's, I will say the up, the my opposite spectrum is set, set up and tear down. Is I'd rather just do it myself. That's the other, but that's just the way I'm wired. Yeah, we're working with you with that. I know, I know, it's fine. Train, coach, teach. <laughs> we're working, we're working. Y'all pray for Nathan. He needs some Jesus. Amen. 
So you need some Jesus. But and then I'll also say this, jumping back to point number two with the digital age. Yes. Use digital social media to engage community and to mm-hmm. build relationships. Um, it is stupid crazy the amount of pastors uh, and speakers that I've met through social media, even the ones that have come into our church to speak and the ones that are coming in in 2020 have um, all been through social media. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think almost every person that has, is coming to our church in 2020 has been I'm thinking of the social top, media. top couple one, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, but that's that's because there is a digital platform, yep. content that caught my eye, engaged into the conversation, had a deeper, meaningful conversation. Now we're texting, talking, sometimes we'll chat uh, with one guy. It's like every other week I hear from him, and it's and it's a great thing. Like yep. I thoroughly enjoy it. And some people, it's once a month and, and stuff. And even some of the people on this podcast this year mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to hear have been through community that's been developed yeah. through IG, through yeah. Instagram. Yeah. It's a great way that everything's going. And even so with community, right? We talked about how you should have community in your church for uh, for people to engage with. You need to take advantage of that digital age. Community can exist seven days a week if you set up a digital platform for them to talk through, right? If I have a group chat, absolutely, not an annoying one with 14 people and yeah, my mom yeah. and Michael's mom and you know, no one needs that in a group chat. But if it's people that are actually happy to hang out with each other and you give them a platform to make it happen naturally, right? Don't force every community group into a, a group chat. But if you make something happen naturally where they're they're doing stuff, you'll see stuff spur out of that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I'll just use an example yep. in our, our own context is our men's group. I'm not in the men's group. You're not in the men's group. We are men. Yep. We're just not in the group. Yep. Uh, but it started out as like three or four people. Uh, community was something that they all desired. And so they spent a year really working on community. And they have about 20 guys that now attend the men's group and they are on a group thread and uh, through the group thread, through the group chat, like they pray for one another, they encourage one another, uh, they make fun of one another, jokingly speaking. uh, And even whenever they're not doing group, they're still doing life together and everyone's invited. And so, um, yeah, she's using technology again. Nope, couldn't agree. All right, last trend for right now. Last trend. So this is the depressing trend, but I think we're going to see this more and more and more. We're going to talk a little bit about our context here sure. in the Northeast. Yep. Trend number five, we are going to see more churches than ever close their doors. Yep. And here's why. People are unwilling to change, and if you are unwilling to change and to, to essentially adapt to the culture that we are in, adapt to the digital age, adapt to the marketing age. People are going to stop going to your church. They don't want to have church the way that they did in the 40s or the 60s, even in the 90s. They don't want to experience that. They want a life-giving church that's going to be relevant to today. Yep. And if people don't change, the doors are going to close. Yep. This year, and by this year is the recording of this podcast, 2019, in the capital region of New York, which consists of about three counties, maybe four counties, roughly a million people, uh, we have seen that I know of 11 churches close this year. 11. Yep. Some of them were church plants that just did not get off the ground. Others were, um, uh, one was a multi-site that, that was from a church from a different state that they mm-hmm. decided to plant up here, and it just it just flopped. Um a lot of them have been traditional churches. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have been traditional churches that have just been aging out. Yep. Uh, we've even been working with the church trying to help them kind of reboot 
but respectfully, if if they don't shift with the times and right. realize you can't do Sunday school and and a 15 minute VBS program while the pastors like it just doesn't work nowadays. Right. And so if I hate to say it, if churches do not get their act together, God is going to be the one that allows them to shut their door because they're not reaching people. They're turning into a museum um, and they're just going to start fading away. Yeah. You have any thoughts to add? No, I mean, I mean, you hit it. There's not much more you can talk about it. I mean, it's just, it's a sad reality of it. It, um, The easiest solution to it is just keep up with the culture but it is the stubbornness that just prevents it from happening yeah and and maybe you're sitting here and you're listening to this and you're like i'm not stubborn like if that's your attitude you're probably stubborn i love i love you i'm saying this because i love you but we've seriously we've had conversation after conversation after conversation after conversation we've been to the last service of churches where people are crying and they're shutting the doors um and it's not fun, man. Right. It's not fun. And so here's the thing. If you're a church that's small, you're struggling, you're contemplating shutting your doors, uh, I would encourage you to merge with a larger life-giving church. Merge with the church. If you are sitting on a lot of assets and it's just going to waste and you have six to ten people attending your church and you hope that one day it's going to revive itself and you're not willing to change how you approach church, yep. just give it. Give it away. Give yep. it away because you're you're not doing yourself a favor. If anything, you're hurting the body of Christ, and I say that respectfully. Yep. Um, and we really have seen all three aspects this year. We've seen, uh, we've been to last services. Mm-hmm. We've been to meetings more so you, but meetings after meetings of a church who's still open but just won't change. Yeah. And then we've been to um, a church that is worried their doors is going to close wants to change but doesn't know how so yeah. they're seeking the advice and making the steps that they should and and that was a that was a fun i, oh, I had it such was a fun it weekend. was great it was fun and it was good to see the energy and it was amazing to see what god could do with just the attitude of we know we have to change and keep up we just don't know how and yeah. we're willing to do it right they know something's wrong they know that they can't be stuck in their ways Right. And they're open to change. They just don't know where to start. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. So so just to kind of put some context, Nathan and I, we worked with the church. We won't say where. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Marissa was there as well. Nathan's wife. Uh, we spent all well, not all, but all like Most Saturday afternoon into the evening, about yep. nine, nine thirty at night with them, walking through some very practical stuff. Uh, was there for their Sunday morning service and then did a post evaluation of it and just talked. And we were, we were very honest with them. Like yep. this, you got, you got to get rid of this. This is so confusing. This is great. Um, since that one time their church, and this is now what, eight weeks later, I would their, say, yeah. their church has almost doubled in size Wow! since, since I know that it's grown, weekend. but that, yeah, wow. That's since awesome. that one weekend. And all they did is they, some minor, they, yeah, tweaks, there's nothing major. Changes. A lot of the stuff is longer term goals for a year out, two years out, Yeah, but they had minor tweaks to make day one. They did it. And that's awesome to hear. I knew the, the second week after they grew by like 50 people in one week. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then to see them double like that's awesome to hear. That so, really is. So it really, and, and they're like, and their whole thing is like, we're just being obedient to God. God exactly. told us if we don't change, we're going to die out. Right. We reached out and we made a few tweaks and, and literally, and most of their stuff is just tweaking at this church is like, get right. rid of felt board. Right. You know? and, and, and yeah. And, and here's the thing. I mean, you don't have to be a dying church, but that should be every church's attitude right off the bat. You should always be open to change. Yeah. And, and every church has a life cycle, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, and so every business has a life cycle. Absolutely. And yeah. so if you don't, if you get towards that tanking, you're about to die life cycle, and you don't, you don't institute immediate change, you're gonna, you're gonna die. Right. Gonna and let's die. let's talk about things outside the church that did the same thing and how successful it was. Let's talk about Domino's Pizza for a second. I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, so their big thing like three years ago is they had the worst pizza ever. No one wanted to eat there, and then they rebranded. They made commercials saying they were sorry. They literally listened to their customers for months and domino's today is domino's not this hot spots yeah they're talking about the the, the hot spots where you can be in a park oh, and they'll deliver to the exactly park. exactly yep it's literally the way they've changed their whole culture i'm trying to think of a couple other uh microsoft let's take them as an example billion dollar com- trillion dollar company right now actually uh their ceo tanked it right they had windows phone which was terrible they bought nokia which was a terrible decision i was a windows phone user but we don't talk about that we're not talking about bill gates as their ceo we're talking about right this uh, is after bill gates bill gates was still on the board and in charge and stuff and he was kind of in the process of he wasn't too involved so it wasn't his um fault for the downfall but they weren't doing anything actively to change it and they had a new ceo come in with a totally different perspective knew where the culture was going and literally if you look if you even take their stock price alone and look at one year they have literally tripled. Yeah. And that is hard for a company to do at their scale, at their revenue. Yeah, with, with literally tens of thousands of exactly. employees. Exactly. And the, you can talk to any employee. A bunch of them have podcasts and do stuff. They all talk about how the culture has changed. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah, and here's here's one, and you'll appreciate this. Probably my favorite corporate company out there that's done this is Delta. And Delta's current CEO, it was 10, maybe 11 years He kind of had the same story as the Microsoft CEO when he came in. Yeah, yeah, he stepped in, and the company was three weeks. Now, mind you, they're in Atlanta, Hartfield, Jackson Airport, which is the largest and busiest airport in the world. Yep. And that's their main hub. And they were three weeks from being out of cash and going into complete bankruptcy and flopping. Yep. And, and in three weeks, he started pulling in employees he literally cut the salary of some employees upwards of 40%. Yep. But he said, if you stick with us long-term, we're going to take care of you. And those employees that got cut 40% are making flight attendants upwards of 200 grand a year. Yep. And, and literally flipped it from being about to sink and tank. Uh, and in about seven years' time with redoing the culture, dominating the market. And now yep. I, I think we're good probably four years of them being the number one airline yep. in America and probably in the top five in the world yep. and reaching more destinations than I think any other airline in the world. Yep. And um, all it was was a culture shift. Yeah. Culture same, shift. Same with Microsoft. It was an absolute culture shift of how they did stuff. Absolutely. Yep. And, and and here's the thing. You might be saying, why are we talking about businesses? How does this relate to the church? Because it's, it's not just, principles. it's not a church struggle, right? It it's not, it's, it is everyone's struggle. It doesn't matter what it is. Everyone is going to come across the same problem, whether it be your own life, whether it be a business, whether yeah. it be a church, whether it just be a nonprofit organization, you will come across the same struggle as everyone else. That is just how the world works. Absolutely. And, and this is something we say all the time at City Church. The most constant thing at City Church is change. Yeah. Most constant thing. We are constantly going to, and we're, we're constantly going to be changing. And we do. Yeah. Even now, going into 2020, things are going to be tweaked. Things are going to be changed. Things are going to be reevaluated. We may do a two-hour experience instead of an 80-minute experience, you know? Yep. Uh, we may, whatever, you know, uh, but we're looking We're looking at we want to be relevant, we want to be engaging, and we want to be accomplishing our mission. And if we're not accomplishing our mission, we're going to fall flat. Yeah, totally agree. So to do a quick recap, just want to go over them one more time. 
Uh, trend number one, multi-site churches are going to see a shift towards church planning. Not that we will see the end of multi-site church. I don't think that multi-site church is going away, but we're going to see a heavy focused shifting towards church planning in yep. the next five to 10 years. Uh, trend number two, the digital age is here to stay. So let's get on board, get out your phones and download Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, YouTube, definitely YouTube. Um, it's here to stay. Trend number three, uh, churches are moving away from a 60 to 80 minute service format to being more event and experience driven with a longer two to three hour service layout. That being said, it has to be quality, has to be good content, can't be boring. And I just want to throw this out there. Um, it doesn't need to be charismania. All right. Yeah. I want to throw that because we did not hit on that. It does not need to be charismania. Uh, it can be charismatic in the expression, but I'm not talking about flags and Jericho marches and stuff like that. Yep. And if you know what I'm talking about, you're chuckling right now. Trend number four, uh, desire for deeper community is more than ever right now. That could also be community through social media. And trend number five, unfortunately, we are going to see more and more churches close their door if they're unwilling to change. Yeah. No. I think it's been a good podcast talking about 2020 starting the year been, off right. I think it's been great. I know. Great. Reminder to everyone, this is not a weekly podcast. It'll be a two times a month, so basically a bi-weekly podcast, essentially. Yep. We'll be releasing stuff for 2020. Yep. I'm excited to be back, man. I am, too. It's been way too long. It's been way too long. It, but it, this it feels does. natural again. So it does. We're good. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, everyone, for listening to the relaunch of the Inside Out Group podcast. If you want to find out more, you can find us at insideoutgroup.org. You can find Michael at Mike Moore ALB, talking about social media as trend number two. Um, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the whole nine yards. If you have any questions, you can email us, podcast at inside, insideoutgroup.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. In two weeks. Not next week. So yep. thanks for listening.